Welcome to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. This is your number one crypto podcast to hear directly from the movers and shakers, innovators and disruptors in the cryptocurrency industry. Follow on Twitter for updates and to communicate directly at Woof Big Dog. That's at Woof Big D-A-W-G. Now, now, here is your host, the one and only Big Dog Crypto. Digital Bits is a protocol layer blockchain focused on supporting consumer digital assets. This is inclusive of assets such as loyalty and reward points, branded NFTs, fan tokens, and notably branded stable coins. Find Digital Bits on Twitter at DigitalBitsORG. Digital Bits, making the future happen today. Welcome to another episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Big Dog Crypto. And on this episode, we finally got him, L Crypto Chapo. Brother, how are you doing? <laughs> What's up, man? Good, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Dude, I, I, brother, I appreciate you being on here. You know, it's, it's uh, interesting because what the last time we talked, we got a chance to uh, meet up in Miami and uh, Bitcoin conference was, uh, was pretty crazy, man. What did you think about it? Yeah, I think um, I think I'm slightly more sober than the last time we talked, so that's so that's good. But no, I I had a good time down there, man. It was uh, it was a great trip. Yeah, I, you know, I, I still don't remember what that that bar was, but it was uh, they were definitely uh, people were having a good time. No doubt, but we were having fun too, man. That was that was a blast. I enjoyed it. There was a lot of fun things to look at at that bar too, from what I recall. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what, uh, well, well, let me ask you, man, what are your views of the market right now? I mean, it's been some crazy times and you're seeing a little rebound today, but you know, what is your view right now of the markets? Yeah. You know, um, I've, I've kind of had the same view since, uh, since the fall, to be honest with you, you know, I've, his, I've thought that it was a time where, you know, we were ripping into the summer and I always said, usually you see this kind of time during the summer where it's push it sideways time. And, um, you know, a lot of people are considering this, you know, the, the bear market, but, um, you, you'll find, you know, if you go back and you really look, there's a lot of times that during the summertime, there's just thin trading, uh, people are on vacation. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot less happening. And so you end up getting a lot of chop and, and kind of uh, you hang out in, in range bound trading. And um, we had the dip, you know, from, from up above 60 K down into the levels that we're trading at now. And um, I, I think that we're just in a range right now where we're going to chop along all summer before we have a very exciting end of the year. That's how I view it. But um, I've been in this, I've been in this market long enough. You probably have to, um, it just doesn't phase me too much anymore, man. I, I know we're going up into the right long term, and volatility is part of the game. Nah, brother, you're absolutely right. Um, and that kind of brings me one of the questions I always ask. I always want to know, cause it's, it's, to me is very interesting. When did you first ever hear about cryptocurrency? Uh, well, the way I got into crypto was, um, Actually, back in 2015, um, I started using Bitcoin for gambling. Uh, my bank started shutting me down with online deposits and withdrawals. I was actually a, a big online poker player. Uh, put my college playing online poker and uh, really started having issues getting money in and out via the banks. And so I started using Bitcoin. 
unfortunately, I didn't realize that there's probably a lot of other people that want to want to use this thing and there's going to be a lot of demand for it. So I didn't really invest until uh, like late 2016. Um, and so, you know, I was a little I was a little bit later than I should have been, given that I was already a user. But um, I used it for about a year or two before I actually invested. And then once I realized what it was, I just couldn't get enough of the, you know, the technology. And I'm kind of a nerd at heart. So I just went deep in the rabbit hole and never got out. 2015, though, I mean, you got six years. That's that's a lot more on than most people that are in the space. I mean, no doubt that's that's a little bit. Yeah, you know, I get to talk to people all the time all over the space who have been in it since the real early years. So sometimes I forget how early I actually was or am. Uh, but I tell people today who have never owned it or don't know much about it that, it, you know, if they started learning right now, they'd still be early. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and that's a, you're right about that, because it, it. I had somebody the other day ask me, they said, well, I'm trying to learn about it, but I feel like I'm late. I'm like, if you go out and ask 10 people that, you know, just on the street, you know, you're, you're, you're maybe a bartender, you know, whoever, right? you're cab driver, whatever, Uber driver. Yes, 10 people. Yeah, a lot of people have heard of it. But if you said, you know, you know, name the, the top two cryptos, right, you know, by market cap, most people don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everybody knows Dogecoin now, right? We know this, but I would say, you know, we're still at a point where the majority of people uh, in everybody's lives still don't know what in the hell crypto is. It, isn't it a little s sad that there's more people that know about Doge than Ethereum? You know, no, you know, what's sad, what's sad is that all of us don't have a time machine to go back and load up on Dogecoin in 2016 and 17. Because <laughs> if I told you five years ago that in five years, the world's going to shut down for a while, or Doge would be almost a dollar. You'd be like, oh man, the world's shutting down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no one knew that. No and one ironically, knew. both have happened, right? <laughs> no, no, you know, these people are like, oh, I knew Doge. No, you did not. Like people lost that so much and nobody yeah. knew Doge would be worth a dollar. Nah. No way, man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But 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 crypto's got a lot of unpredictable things that happen, man. The the one thing that you should always always remember is that things will go higher than you ever think they'll go and they can also go they'll also go lower than you ever think they're going to go <laughs> no absolutely no there's there's no no questions well so speaking of that with the markets i mean i think we talked about this when we were hanging out in florida about the, the meme coins and whatnot and how crazy things were what do you think when you look back in the past year and you know there's been a lot of a lot of stories what would you put are like the craziest thing and that and that's really kind of hard to say but what's like the craziest crypto situation that you kind of still can't believe happened you know what I mean? Like in the past year. Um, you mean for me personally, or do you mean just generally in the market or what? I mean, as somebody that analyzes and knows the markets as you do, I mean, when you look at it, like maybe the thing you didn't expect, you know what I mean? Like you look at it, whether it was the way the meme coins did or, or how Bitcoin's performed. I mean, in general, is there anything particular that sticks out? I think it's probably the NFT space. Um, for me, you know, I, NFTs are one of those things that aren't going away. Um, NFTs will continue to just like, you know, crypto in general and blockchain technology, people are going to find more and more applications for them and um, they're going to become integrated in a lot of what we do. Um, but, you know, when people think of NFTs right now, they think of basically digital art cards. And, and that's, of course, one form of an NFT. Um, you know, but NFTs can store data and do a whole lot more than just be digital art. Um, and when I first understood what NFTs really were and the power of them, I saw this whole revolution of NFTs happening with 
um, you know, car titles and medical records and uh, deeds to houses and things like this. And I kind of saw just like crypto kitties, you know, originally were, I kind of felt like that was the NFT phase and we were already through it. And it, I just never expected this whole second wave this year or in the past 12 months of, you know, just multi-billion really, I mean, damn near trillion dollars worth of NFTs that are basically the, the new era of crypto kitties, you know, and um, still kind of blown me away. Yeah. It's exploding and it, 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 there's more and more every day. And, you know, you're seeing kind of some mainstream companies um, get involved, like the the baseball card manufacturers, like tops and stuff like that. And actual leagues like the NBA getting involved and, just very interesting to to see that. I think that's the craziest thing in my mind. Um, I guess I just didn't I didn't see it all going down that way, and how big it's gotten is just pretty wild. And that's that's fair to say. I think in some ways, though, the NFT is a lot like crypto in general. And what I mean is, you know, with crypto, there's no doubt that blockchain technology and what's going on, you know, has such great use case. Of course, there's always, you know, some BS with it, too. And I think NFTs, you know, with, with somebody, you know, what, paying $60 million for a piece of art. I mean, I, I'm sorry, that's we all know that's kind of crazy. That being said. Um, you know, somebody like Mark Cuban, right, with the Mavericks, who's embraced it because he knows, you know, the tickets as NFTs, he can, he can, I would say control, but let's say you're doing resale, right, and the tickets, you can assign them, you can, you can track it. I mean, there's definitely real world applications through the BS, and I think that's that's interesting to see which direction they're going to go in. Yeah, I agree, I, and it does. You're right; it does mirror the overall crypto market where blockchain and crypto have you know widespread applications and real world use cases and that sort of thing but yet you have dogecoin at you know the, the multi right, right. or 50 billion dollar market <laughs> cap right yeah, and yeah. and it starts with it starts with people really buying into it uh with things that aren't necessarily r- real world and 60 million dollar nfts but you know eventually they do become the leases and the car titles and the medical records and that sort of thing but right now we're still in this phase where um NFTs are a meme. Yeah, not nah, man. You're absolutely right about that. It's 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 been crazy to see. Well, so so let me ask you this. Speaking of real stuff, real businesses, real stuff being put in, uh, let's talk about Assure DeFi. What's going on with that? Sure. Um, so uh, many of you, if you follow me, probably know that I don't just participate in the uh, the top 100 type cryptos that are, you know, very large market cap and, and pretty serious. I, I also dabble heavily in the shitcoin space, which is. Oh, 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 hold on. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> we call those the undiscovered gems. <laughs> OK, yes, yes. Well. I, I participated in a lot, a, lot of of <laughs> a lot of undiscovered gems over here. Um, <laughs> you like find on one exchange with like, you know, a dollar <laughs> volume, but like this might go a thousand X and sometimes it does. Like I say, you have picked out some really, really stuff that I'm like, there's no way, dude. And it winds up going like a thousand X. I'm like, where do you find this stuff? Well, th- that's that's the real pleasure of dabbling in the undiscovered gem world, the, the big dogs. So, you know, you, you, but you've got to take the good and the bad all together. Oh, it's yeah. always a package like, deal. And honestly, yeah. that's what Assure is all about is um, from my experience, both working, you know, with projects in that space on the marketing and promotional side of things and also being an investor in that space. Um, you know, if you could just take out the, the rugs and the straight scams that go to zero 
Um, the returns in that small cap, micro cap space are, really are outperforming the overall crypto market. Oh, absolutely. Many times. And, yeah. and, and, but the key is how to navigate that space without participating in scams and rugs and watching your investment go to zero. Sure. And, and so um, Assure is a company that I founded uh, towards the beginning of this year. And it's really designed primarily to help projects that are uh, help both projects and investors in that um, micro cap or small cap type space where um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a basically a, a minefield of scams and rugs and um I found that one of the the biggest telltale you know things that you find that are common between all these scams and rugs is that they're always anonymous teams. Sure. And you know, public teams, it's just very rare that people are willing to expose themselves publicly, who they are, and then go commit a major financial crime. And um, and so there's also this big aspect of anonymity being a part of the crypto space and it always will be. And I'm anonymous myself. So, you know, there are good reasons to be anonymous and um, legitimate reasons. And just because you're anonymous doesn't mean that you're a scammer. And to be quite honest with you, a lot of my biggest returns have come from anonymous teams. So I wanted to try to try to form a balance between respecting anonymity and also trying to protect investors. And so that was really the primary driver for building Assure, which, um, you know, our number one product offering is a private KYC service or identity verification for project owners, um, where an anonymous project owner can come to Assure, privately uh, do identity verification with Assure, and then we mint a compliance NFT that shows that we have the owner's identity data um, so that if anything, you know, if a scam or a financial crime really occurs, we now have the basis for litigation. Now, do you ask for, I'm looking at the site too. It says nine, on Assure Define, it says uh, 90% of people have experienced exit scam rug pulls from anonymous teams. Is, that number is accurate. That number is accurate. Yeah, we've we've done some uh, market analytics and some research to to talk to people in this space, um, just about their feelings and how important something like this is. And you know what we found is that um, projects can benefit by going through this pro- this process because it really opens up an investor pool. You know, there's some people that just straight up won't invest in anonymous projects yeah. um, or anonymous project owners, and Uh, There's a lot of people, myself included, who, you know, may feel a lot more comfortable investing if it's an if it's a non-anonymous team or a a team that's at least been KYC by a a reputable third party. Um, And or if you are invested, it might give you kind of the gusto to go double your investment or something like that. So and, and, you know, go with a little bit larger exposure. So projects can really benefit by going through this process. And at the same time, it's a win for the investors in that project because they get a little bit of reassurance, you know, that the that what they're investing in is legitimate and that the people behind it aren't out there to scam them. Well, and that's interesting because you say 95% of people are more willing to invest in a project that has privately KYC. You know, and I, I could believe that because, you know, people just want to know that there's some security, right? There's some sort of verification behind the team. So I think by y'all providing that, uh, service. I mean, that's, that's real good. That's definitely something that's needed. And that, that gives people, uh, it makes sense. It makes total sense. Yeah. 
at the end of the day, you know, there are people who are investing in this space um, are really mostly they just want to try to make sure that what they're investing in isn't a scam and that their, their investment's not just going to go to zero. And granted, they know that there are large risks involved and, you know, that 90 percent of them will still still go to zero for different reasons. But yeah. They, they want to ensure that they're not going to go to zero just because the guy who's behind it is going to walk away with all the money they've invested. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, and, and that's, I guess the thing about this space, as much as I love it uh, and have been in here a while and you've been in longer than me, um, you know, you don't, you never want to see people lose money. And I will say this, I mean, as long as I've known you, whenever you suggested projects, you've done your best to suggest the ones that are good. You know what I mean? And, it's not, and there are people out there that don't. But you've done your best to at least identify ones. And look, we all know there's some are, as they said, high risk, high reward, right? Full Deacon plays. Um, but mm-hmm. people want some sort of confidence. So I think you doing that, right? And the sure DeFi doing that, I mean, damn, that's great. That's really well, good. Well, people, yeah, people may not realize, but, you know, as, a, as an influencer, as I've somehow become, which always kind of makes me laugh, um, <laughs> you know. It's true. Side, it's true. That's what people do. They pay attention to your calls. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, like, you know, side note is that I've always been somebody who has hated social media and I've never really had social media accounts, Um, always have made fun of my wife for spending time on social media. And, you know, I've got two kids and I'm going to try to keep them off of social media for as long as possible. Um, The only reason I ever even formed a Twitter account was so that I could learn about crypto. And I formed this was my first Twitter account ever. Formed it at the beginning of 2017, shortly after I started investing in it, because I realized it was a platform where I could learn. And um, and so it's just funny now that this is my full time job and a big part of it is me being a social media influencer. It just it it kind of makes me laugh. It's pretty ironic. (laughs) No, but, you know, it's it's funny you say that because like I don't I don't like the term influencer either. But, you know, whether it's your account, my account. I mean, people tend to follow accounts that give them overall good information. I mean, my thing is this. Nobody's perfect. You know, there's some accounts I like. And one time I was talking about it and somebody said, oh, they recommended this project that was bad. OK, first off, I said 90 percent of their stuff is good. Right. They got some, some, some misses. I've had some misses. But the fact is, you know, you build your followers, you build your reputation and you have. And I, I like to believe I have by trying our best to give, you know, just good suggestions. It's not financial yeah. advice. Right. I appreciate that. But, yep. you know, we don't BS, but we're, we're honest, but straightforward about, you know, what we're saying, hey, this could happen. This may happen. Check it out. Yep. Yeah, it's a good way to describe it, too. And, you know, I take a I take a pretty large personal onus for those things, too. Um, although I, I certainly have promoted and marketed for projects, you know, in the past, I take a, a lot of pride in how much time and effort I put in personally into doing due diligence on any project that I'm even going to publicly post about. And, sure. um you know, I feel like I owe that to my followers, but it's also something I owe to myself. I mean, if I'm yeah. I'm generally invested in anything that I'm talking about personally, and I want to do right by my money as well as any, you know any yeah right any, no, anybody else who may be watching right. So, but I know that there's there's a lot of people out there that don't have that same level of ownership or care, and I'm certainly going to get a lot wrong. In fact, I might get a lot more wrong than I get right, to be honest. But um, I'm at least going to you know be honest and try and put a, a good, good faith effort forth and trying to get, get it right as much as possible, you know? You know, and I think you, you just hit the nail on the head. That's the other thing too, is that, 
you know, and I try and do this and I would say you absolutely do this. Um, you know, just be honest with your followers and, and you are, and I am. Um, but I think that's the thing. They appreciate that. Right. They know that we've had some pretty good calls, maybe some bad ones, but overall we steer them, you know, in a good direction for lack of better term. I mean, we just don't, we don't try and, you know, we don't try and give bad suggestions, whatever it may be. And I think people do appreciate the honesty. They appreciate the accessibility and knowing that what you see is what you get. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, where some of the accounts actually do pull that off. Yeah, I think so too. You know, and, and helping people's always been at the top of my list. So I, you know, as, as I've you know, grown in followers and as I get more DMS every day and that sort of thing, I still, I, I always try to take the time to help people. And when I get simple questions about how to use MetaMask or questions about, you know, cryptocurrency in general, I just feel like it's everybody who understands this space. It's all of our responsibility to help the growth of the space. And so I'm, I still take the time to answer those questions and have conversations with people to, to help them and that sort of thing. And I hope that never changes. Yeah, that, that accessibility is key, man. And that's people find that to be very real. Um, so and the year, Bitcoin, you know, what's and, and, and it is one of those questions that I always like to ask. But, you know, we all know it's fluid. We all know it could be anything. But, you know, w- what is your what is your inner feeling saying Bitcoin end of year? What sort of range we're looking at? Well, I posted uh, I posted some predictions month by month here, uh, maybe three weeks ago, and I'm sticking by them. I've had very similar price predictions for the last you know six to nine months, so I'm kind of sticking by it. Um, I still think we're going to have mostly a push it sideways summer, like I talked about earlier. Um, stick in this like 35k range ish uh, for the until the end of August. I think we have at least another month left of that. Um, I think we're going to start really seeing the growth in September and then we're probably going to go parabolic in November. And I see, I see us well into six figures by the end of this year. Um, I I think my price prediction or rough range uh, for the end of December, which is when I think that we're going to probably see the peak is sometime between Christmas and the end of January. Um, My peak is 167,000. Ooh. Damn, <laughs> that'd be nice. That'd be nice. That, that's a that, that's kind of a line. I think you're. Yeah, no, that, that's interesting because I keep thinking like around six figures, but by January. But it's, it's hard to know, man. There's so many variables. But no, I, I think that's that's definitely achievable. There are, I think, you know, and I look at that as kind of like a blow off top type range. Like it'll be short lived up in there. Um, but you know, I see something like 35 by the end of August, you know, between 40 and 60 in September and October, November seeing between 60 and a hundred. And then at some point having a blow off top towards a hundred, you know, 167,000 is the number that I've got in my mind. So looking at, and this is jumping way ahead, the next halving, and let's jump a year after that, right? A uh, year after the next halving, do you want to get, you know, because you hear all these predictions sometimes of a million, 500,000, whatever. Um, do you want to even take, and this is really right, I, I guess this is throwing this out there, but what sort of kind of top guess could you imagine, let's say four years down the road? Well, look, I think we're still going to follow, you know, somewhat, I, I, I really do believe in the whole, you know, stock to flow model with the havings yeah Um, if you're you know if you're a bitcoin person you definitely probably have seen that before and i really do believe that it'll follow that kind of same path um you know so after a blow off top here 
I see another, you know, potentially couple years where we consolidate or move lower, for, you know, in a relatively tight range for a while down somewhere below a hundred thousand and more like the $75,000 range, something like that. But I could see a similar growth path again, just a little bit subdued given that we have a much larger overall market cap and the volatility dampens as, over time. Um, but I think during the next bull run, you know, after the one that I'm expecting coming up this fourth quarter, if you look maybe a few years down the road, there'll probably be another major catalyst in order to push it forward. And um, I think the next time is where we'll hit hit over a half million. Uh, I think that, you know, think, a, a blow off top, if you look at it, three, t three times what I'm predicting this blow off top will be at 167 would be at a half million. And I think 4X is really reasonable. So I'd say somewhere around 600,000 would be the next peak. I think you're spot on with that. I think that that's kind of in line with what I've been thinking. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, so let me ask you. So wife wants you to get a hot tub. There's only two available on the market. You go to buy them. <laughs> one hot tub belongs to Nuriel Rubini. The other one to Peter Schiff. They're both the same price. Which one do you buy? <laughs> <laughs> I hope we don't have to drink the bath water, too. Oh, you got to disinfect it. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'd probably go Neural Rubini, but reluctantly. <laughs> All right. So, okay. And Wait, and I, got, I got to know, which one did you pick? Uh, oh, no, I'm not the one getting that hot tub. <laughs> if I had to get them, I don't know. You know what? I, 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 would, I would negotiate a price down so I had money for disinfectant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fair. <laughs> anyway. All right. And so now. This is the, the final question, and this is the first time ever, the first time ever on the Big Dog Crypto Podcast, we have a, we have a question from the audience. Ooh, okay. okay Never cool. had before. This question is submitted by a gentleman that goes by the name Chicago Broker. Okay. What a guy. <laughs> all right. Chicago Broker writes in and ask, please ask, out of all the blockchains out there now, Ethereum, Polygon, BSC, uh, soon XDB, what is your pick for the best returns in the second half of 2021 for alt gains, specifically with the uh, blockchains? Hmm. Wow, that's a good one. Um, well, there's a lot. Wait, I'm, a wait, lot I'm this without even giving you current prices. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of throwing you off, but he, he just submitted the question. He sent it in. So I'm like, I got to ask him. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I mean, where to where to look for alt gains? Is, you know, at the end of the day, I think that ETH isn't where the largest alt, alt gains will be for the rest of this year. Um, I mean, I love Ethereum and think that ETH is definitely going to be the place to be long term. But if you're looking for alt gains right now, a lot of these other chains are exploding and Matic has kind of already had its day. So I don't think it's going to be on Polygon. Um I think that BSC has some staying power, um, mostly just because of the user base that Binance has and the way that they've been able to grow it. And I'm still seeing projects launching on BSC right now, whereas a lot of the other uh, chains have kind of taken a, a little bit of a step back. So I, I'm going to say BSC is probably where you're going to find the largest alt gains still. Um, but in the really near term, like in the next month or two, I think that you should really be looking at the KuCoin chain, KCC. Okay. Um, it's very new and launch pads right now are really just becoming 
you know, available to launch projects. And the thing is all these chains, it, it's a great question because all these chains have followed an extremely similar path. Like Binance Smart Chain was the first one. And when they released their decentralized, um, you know, EVM, basically you see uh, charting tools come out. You know, then you see these liquidity managers and then you see the DEXs and um, and then you see the launch pads and all of them do well at first because there's just such limited, um, you know, they're, they're just there's just such limited competition. There has to be DEXs. There has to be charting tools. There has to be launch pads if they're if it's going to grow. And so, you know, if you're the only launch pad in town and a bunch of projects want to launch, well, then your launch pad token becomes pretty darn valuable because people want to participate in the IDOs. Sure. Um, you know, if you're the only place to see legitimate charts for that chain, then you get a lot of user traffic if that chain's growing. Um, the DEXs are getting a lot of volume if there's not a whole lot of DEX options, you know? So it's interesting to watch the same thing happen over and over again. And we've seen it with BSC. We've seen it with Polygon. You know, we've seen it a little bit with Solana, um, even though that's a little bit of a different animal. We're seeing it with KCC. And there's probably going to be another one or two. You know, I think that, uh, you know, like Huobi chain ha is one with their HT token that's really big in China that hasn't really come to Europe and North America yet. Um, but you could see a really large run happen there too. But um, yeah, it's a great question. It's, it's, it's been really interesting to watch all these, watch all these chains grow and explode. But I'd, I'd say my answer to his question for you, Chicago broker, I would say BSC is still going to be the place to go and Binance isn't going anywhere. Okay. Chicago broker, we want to thank you for writing in. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> all right, brother. I, uh, no, I appreciate that. Um, actually, as a, as a side note, too, I want to ask, too, Ethereum, what do you see it going at uh, high this year? I think it's going to follow a really similar path. You know, it, as much as we love to decouple Bitcoin and Ethereum, and they have from time to time, the reality is, is that they're number one and number two market cap, you know, tokens in this ecosystem. And they really do generally trend together. And so, you know, I'm looking at, I, I told you Bitcoin going to 167,000 would be roughly 5X, 5 to 6X mm -hmm. from here. Um, my top prediction for ETH was, was always at least 8,000 and more likely it'll have a blow off top between 10 and 12. And that kind of follows the exact same multiplier path as Bitcoin. And I think it's probably the same. I, I really don't see any type of, I'll say like extra catalyst to push one versus the other that'll make the multiplier substantially different. I think it'll just be an overall market growth that happens during the peak of the, this bull run. And so I see something pretty similar. So I'd, I'd say 10,800 10, is the number exactly for ETH. That's exactly, well, that's, that's pretty pinpointed. That's pretty pinpointed. Yeah, I think around the 10 range, but uh, yeah, we'll go with that. And, you know, in, in another first, I, I have, so I have a sponsor for the podcast, Digital Bits. And, uh, you know, I usually had the commercial in the beginning, but that's a new blockchain that's, uh, that's launching. And I saw a broker had it in there. They have a mainnet coming out um, on August 10th. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do. I'm thinking they do very well. But what's interesting, though, is that their concept or, or what one of the things they say, and this is something just to think about, is you're going to need cross-chain interoperability you know what i mean like they talk about that and they're they're, they're looking to to have a faster 
um, speeds, faster speeds in Ethereum. But I think in general, and I'm very you know bullish on that project. But I think in general, as we go forward, you're just going to have to have stuff that crosses over, right? I mean, for the ecosystem to grow, um, there's no doubt about that, right? You got to kind of put these together. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, if you look at what Chainlink did and the reason why Chainlink is one of the top market cap projects, they're all about oracles and interoperability between existing or legacy type data and the blockchain, right? Right. Um, And blockchain to blockchain. And that interoperability element is something that absolutely um, is going to be required moving forward. And it's going to be something that everybody was shocked that we didn't have it before, you know, um, eventually it's going to be like every DEX is a cross-chain DEX because otherwise you're missing this massive element of the entire ecosystem. And it's like, why would you ever, you know, kind of have tunnel vision like that where you'd only be serving one portion of the market? It just doesn't make sense. Um, It's just really early. You know, I think people lose sight of the fact that when you look at what blockchain and crypto really is, we're building another layer of the internet. And when the internet was first built, there wasn't a whole lot that was interoperable either. Um, and, and it takes a long time for that infrastructure to get developed and the infrastructure to be built and, you know, real world applications uh, to take off and to make the UIs, uh, you know, user friendly so that it doesn't, doesn't feel like you're using something that's super complex and, and it's intuitive and that sort of thing. And, I think it's just, it, it's going to take some time. It, it's it's going to take a lot longer than anybody wants. In this space, I think everybody who's in it deep has this vision of where it's going to be, but you can't just snap your fingers and make that happen. It, it takes 10, 20 years in order to develop that and bring on the you know mainstream people, companies, um, you know, labor force in order to actually develop it. And, uh, you know, major changes like this, I still believe the reason why I'm so excited to be in this space and working at full time is because I still believe it will be the, the biggest change I see in my lifetime. Um, and changes like that just don't happen in a couple of years. They, they take decades to make, you know, and they last for 100 years, but they, they take decades in order to really change. And now you're, you're spot on about that because when you look at, you know, the computers and, and Internet, you know, back in you know, 20 years ago, you see you know, commercial, somebody sitting there saying, I'm doing this on the, on the computer. I mean, they had no idea, right, what was going to happen from, from the mid-90s to 2000 to now. So I think just like with blockchain, you know, it's, it's almost like we look back at that 20 years ago and go, wow, it was so antiquated or so, you know, just like, uh, you know, a DVD or something, right, versus, you know, streaming video. And people are going to look back on this, like you know what I mean? Like, in essence, and that's kind of a weird way to look at it, but as, as forward as we are in the tech right now and people that are, are either paying attention to this space, you know, this will be looked like any sort of tech, right? It's constantly evolving. But no, this, this is right place, right time to be here for a, for a trans, transformative. There's no question about that. Yeah, I mean, with, uh, I'm personally in my, in my mid-30s and I, you know, I was around when AOL was how I dialed up into the internet, right? And I think about the whole user experience of the internet as I knew it back then. And if I wanted to download a song, you know, yeah. I not only had to dial up and hear that absolutely god awful dial up sound. Try and do it. You know what I mean? It was like, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, not oh not only did. 
So, so not only did you have to dial up, right, but then you had to, you know, it was sometimes would take an hour to an hour and a half to download one song. And if my sister would pick up the phone at any time during that hour and a half, you know, it's a, it, the download was stopped. You couldn't pick back up the download from that point. It was just canceled. I'd go choker, you know, and this sort of thing. <laughs> and you think, you think right, about right. that. And it's like, it's like, well, how could that ever how could that ever be the future of music is downloading yeah. songs, right? Like that just yeah. doesn't make sense. You know, that, that it would take like an entire day to download an album when I can just run down to the store and, and buy a, you know, buy a CD. Right, um, right. But it is the future, right? People aren't buying CDs anymore. They're downloading it because the user experience and now it's gotten quick and, and you mm. kind of drawing parallels to where we are in the crypto space right now. It's like, how is anybody ever going to pay $13 for a transaction and wait like five minutes for it while they're at the counter trying to get a cup of coffee? It's like, well, they wouldn't, right? And and it doesn't make sense right now. But that doesn't mean that the technology won't get improved to the point where it becomes just as easy, fast and cheap to use as Apple Pay and is totally decentralized. We're just not quite there yet because the infrastructure and the user interfaces and the adoption isn't there and all the companies that can really drive all that haven't fully come on board yet. But make no mistake, they're coming. You know? uh, absolutely. No, they're and, and, and in full force, I think in the next few years, we're really just going to see just so many things, you know, that, that we're here for. And that's just freaking cool. It is. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest objections I, I hear from people is. Yeah, whenever I talk to them about crypto, you know, people who aren't really into it, they're like, man, it's just, it's so complicated. I, I yeah, it's just, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And, yeah. um, and that's fair. It is complicated. I've been deep in the space now for five years and I just never stop learning. And there's a bunch of things that are well beyond my level of understanding as far as cryptography, <laughs> or, right, you know, right, whatever, but yeah, it, 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 it's like saying I'm not going to use the Internet because I don't understand it. And it's like, well, yeah. nobody understands the Internet, man. It's co- it's super complicated. Nobody understands the existing U.S. financial system either. But they um, still use super it. Com- yeah. yeah, but yeah. you're still spending spending dollars and you're still browsing the Internet and stuff like that. You don't need to know about HT, HTML code and, you know, all the stuff that goes on in the background. You just need the front end user interface to make it really, you know, dummy proof. And Right now, it's just, again, we're just not quite there yet. And so it feels complicated to everybody because in order to buy something, you know, you have to download a MetaMask account and the onboarding process to go from fiat to crypto isn't really all that smooth and it feels scary and there aren't the protections built in and, you know, it's not regulated. And all again, all that kind of stuff in order to get to a point where it doesn't seem complicated it just takes time. And the people who are in this space right now are who are willing to kind of take that leap of faith and learn it and be able to participate in the space right now while it is complicated. Those are the people who are really going to see the most advantage because you're getting in while it is still complicated. And there's that whole mass of people who aren't willing to take that leap of faith and are going to wait until it's easy. Man, you're dropping knowledge. That's exactly it. I mean, that, that is exactly it. But education is one of, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons why. Edu- right. yeah. yeah. But that's why education is so important. And it's, it's another piece of why I'm like what I'm passionate about. is just trying to 
help people learn about it because I am obviously very passionate about it. I'm, it excites me. I think it's one of the coolest things we'll see in, in decades. And if people really took the time to learn what it is, they'd be like, you know what? That is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dude, I, I love it on, I love it on your Twitter rugged wrecked and still making life changing money. That's awesome. It's the honest to God truth, man. I got, you know, I, I got rugged last year for 130 grand Jeez. and, Damn. and, uh, it still stings a little bit. Cause you know, usually if I'm, if I'm ever participating in something that I'm going to get potentially rugged in, I wouldn't, I would never expose myself that deeply, but, um, man, it is, it is just wild how deep some of these scammers will go. And, um, it, it's, it goes to show somebody, even with the, you know, the knowledge and experience in this space that I have and the connections that I have in this space, that you could still get rugged for that kind of money and still get scammed for that, that kind of money. It just goes to show how early it still is, man. And how, and how when people say it's dangerous, the space is dangerous. You know, you got to be careful out there. And I, and I think that's a lot, you know, having been through that, right, and experienced that, that's a lot of why you founded Assure DeFi, you know, and, and that's cool. I mean, I, I respect people that are helping the space grow and helping people out. And that's, that's really, really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, honestly, it was, um, it was a big driver that that whole event um, <laughs> was a big driver where I finally, it was, an, you know, the concept of Assure was something that I had thought about for, for a while, but um that was kind of the catalyst to kick me in the ass and say, you really got to go do this, not just for yourself, but for the space, you know, and, and I wanted to build something that truly helped, you know, helped the space, helped investors stay protected, helped projects differentiate themselves and, you know, help the space become better, cleaner. You know, man, I, that's why I consider you one of the real good guys in the space. Um, let me ask. So, and I always like to uh, let people know where can they find you on Twitter? So you can find me at um, my my hat or my uh, my handle is El Crypto Chapo. So it's L E L underscore Crypto underscore Chapo. Okay, and we're gonna have that also uh, on the uh, on the video. We'll have it here. So, but brother, look, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Like I said, it was great getting a chance to meet you down in Miami and uh, enjoyed hanging out. Uh, it was a fun place, and uh, great getting a chance to to catch up, man. Enjoyed having you on the podcast. Thanks, brother. Yeah, back at you, back at you, man. I'd love to meet up again. Um, tell Chicago broker I appreciate the question, and uh, next time we find ourselves in the same city, we'll do it all over again. Sounds good, brother. We definitely look forward to that. All right. Well, look, this is uh, the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. I am your host, Big Dog Crypto, and want to thanks once again El Crypto Chapo, the legend himself, for taking the time. Thank you, brother. You bet. Nice talking to you. All right, brother. Bye. Digital Bits is a protocol layer blockchain focused on supporting consumer digital assets. This is inclusive of assets such as loyalty and reward points, branded NFTs, fan tokens, and notably branded stable coins. Find Digital Bits on Twitter at DigitalBitsORG. Digital Bits, making the future happen today.